Hi, this is Andrew, and this is Keynote, the daily now.tv chat show with some of the world's leading thinkers and writers. Hello, everybody. It's Friday, June the 2nd, 2023. A Friday means that was the week. We haven't done it for about three weeks. Uh, three weeks ago, Keith was on the East Coast for his son's graduation at Syracuse. The last couple of Fridays, I've been in Europe, first in Bulgaria, then in Turkey. So I'm back, and Keith is back, and that was the week, Keith. And yeah. you lead it's great with a year. It's not you know, the, I think the title is wrong. The, the, the title of the newsletter this week is The Year of the Mask. It should be The Week of the Mask. Well, it, might, it may only last a week, Andrew. That's a good point because there may indeed be no mask. We don't know yet. Uh, the, the rumors are Apple is, and, and by the way, I'm calling it a mask as a derogatory designation. Um, there may be no mask because in the past, there's been many rumors Apple was going to produce a, a VR, AR, it's called mixed reality now, because you can see through it, uh, headset. Um, and it, it seems like it might be real this year, uh, but it might not be. And we won't know till next week. So I, I, I'm, I'm saying it shouldn't be real. It's a bad idea. Right. Yeah. Quoting from you, sir, for each of the past three years, there have been predictions that Apple was about to release a mixed reality face mask. Oops, sorry, mixed reality headset. But the last three years, the rumors have never been particularly serious, certainly not close to the event. I mean, this is clearly a different moment, isn't it, Keith? It certainly feels that way, uh, uh, which surprises me because I'm not a big fan uh, of this technology. I, I think it has a lot in common with the 1990s fascination with interactive TV that never materialized. Yeah. Um, so I'm not a big fan of it, and I'm surprised Apple's going for it. Um, it may be that the reason for going for it is to stop Facebook owning it, because uh, Facebook definitely is the biggest player in the space. And Facebook's long-term problem is it doesn't own the interface that we use to engage with content, the, the phone. So a mask uh, is something it does own. Uh, it could be that Apple just wants to stop that becoming real, or it could be that Apple believes it is real and wants to own it itself. Uh, yeah, it's hard to imagine that Apple would do something something as significant as this simply to stop Facebook. Yeah. Well, it isn't stopping Facebook. It, 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 if this was a real trend, it's owning the next interface for computing, um, and that's big. So stopping Facebook becomes required if you want to win. Um, but I don't think this is the next interface for computing. I think it's a mistake. So let's see. Um, the assumption is that whatever Apple produce will be cool and very different from the, the Facebook-like geeky products. Is that fair? I mean, should we expect something if they are coming out with something? Yeah. It's going to be an eye mask. Well, the, yeah, the Facebook one is is bulky, although they've just announced a new version to preempt Apple that slims it down. Uh, the Facebook one, there is a see-through to the real world, but it's black and white. The new one, they've pre-announced its color and higher definition. So the trend seems to be you put something on your face and you can choose to uh, project things onto the real world 
or you can be co completely closed off like in virtual reality and, for example, play a game or something. So the, the, the devices seem to support both. Magic Leap's $3,000 device was all virtual reality, that is, is to say it's see-through. And Apple's, by, by uh, at least rumor, is going to be see-through with very high definition, basically 4K on both eyes, ability to see through to the real world and project things on it. So, for example, if two of you are sitting at a table, uh, I don't know why you'd ever do this, but you could project a digital chessboard and play chess. Um, uh, you and I might not do that, but our kids might. Certainly your sons. My sons are not advocates for I, I've got an Oculus uh, Quest 2 and none of them use it. Uh, they're just not interested. Yeah, well, it'll be interesting. We'll come back to it, of course, uh, next week. But um, this week, uh, Keith, you're focusing. It's a it's an Elon heavy Twitter. Uh, in addition to sort of the mask stuff, you're focusing on all sorts of Elon related stuff. Uh, one piece you note that Twitter's value is down two thirds, but at the same time, he reclaims the title of the world's richest man. Why was last week the week of Elon? Not the first or the last time, of course, for that. Well, well, you know, Elon has become uh, a bit of a a bit of a you know a ping pong ball in the political fight between, in quotes, the left and the right. Uh, I'm not sure those designations mean anything anymore, but Elon is either hated or loved, depending on which side of the spectrum you're on. And the biggest uh, critique of him that Kara Swisher, for example, leads and Casey Newton, is that he's messed up Twitter, uh, whereas other people say he's fixing Twitter. And um, the, 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 the axis of that discussion is all to do with inclusion, who's including on Twitter and who is not included in Twitter. Uh, and one of the biggest weapons they use is to say Twitter isn't worth very much anymore. So I thought it would be appropriate to put that in. With he doesn't the care, though. It makes no difference to him anyway. Well, it's basically free to him. So he hasn't lost anything. Well, That's he put the interesting cash thing. He did actually put real cash in. He did, but he's got it back in his Tesla shares. Well, that's one way of looking at it. Um, uh, I, there was a piece I saw a week or two ago. I should have mentioned it to you. Maybe you would have included it. Maybe from someone like Newton saying that, He's turned Twitter into a, a, a right-wing platform. Isn't that absurd? Though? I don't. Yeah. I don't even see how Twitter's. I mean, I don't. As you know, I'm not a big fan of Twitter. It puts me in a bad mood, so I try to avoid it mostly. But it doesn't seem to have changed that much, does yeah. it? Yeah. Actually, that was my editorial. Was it? I think it was last week. Um, uh, making the point that Twitter is. I called it the importance of being Twitter, and made the point that Twitter is neither left or right-wing. Uh, Twitter's, Twitter's everything. It's just annoying. Uh, it can be annoying or it can be engaging, depending on... You have to curate it for it to be good. But if you curate it, it actually is super good. And, and I think the idea of politicizing Twitter and Musk is more symptomatic of how flawed our, our, our political our polis has become. Because tw Twitter and Musk should not really be politicized. Um, it's interesting. I saw the um, the Democrats press conference yesterday after the debt ceiling votes, and it was all kind of uh, making the point that the Democrats won. 
And I, and I thought, well, really, that isn't the, the story there. The story is they figured out a way to agree. And, and, and um, it's kind of interesting that everyone feels the need to say, you suck and I, and I don't. And that is our polis. And so Twitter's just a, a, a ball. What about the, um, you didn't have any links to it, the Twitter DeSantis fiasco. What do you make of that? It, was it a fiasco? Well, technically speaking, it was a fiasco. Um, t- Twitter should be more than able to handle just under a million people wanting to listen to an audio stream. And it didn't. So technically, it was a fiasco. But I don't think that's correlated to Musk at all. That's just... Well, you're a big fan, Keith, but you're also very hostile to government regulation and censorship. Um, So one of the pieces you linked to suggests that Twitter is approving far more government censorship requests under Elon. Does that make you less of a fanboy? Are you concerned with that? Well, I I think there's a subtle difference between being for or against regulation uh, and the question of whether a company has to comply with the law. This is really about Twitter having to comply with the law. A- Apple, by the way, is very similar. Apple's survival in China is mainly because it doesn't try to break Chinese law. As, as it, you know, any sensible CEO would comply with the law as it currently is. Unless or you're... leave, as Google did, because or, they disagree with yeah. the law. Because the, only, the alternative is to be a revolutionary in a country you don't live in. And, and that usually doesn't work. So you either want to make money or you don't. And if you do want to make money, you have to comply with the law. And Musk is saying, look, if it's the law and there's a proper process, uh, we'll comply with it. And I think that's probably quite smart. On the other hand, if you ask Musk, do you want more regulation? I'm sure he'd say no. So I, I think those two points of view can live alongside of each other. And is Musk, uh, I mean, what's your opinion? Has it changed of Musk or is he just uh, a uh, a odd, brilliant guy? He's an odd, brilliant guy. He's he's both flawed and a genius at the same time. And what you see is what you get, basically. He, He is more libertarian than the traditional left like. Um, so he's clearly, um, he, you know, he, 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 on the other hand, I think he's a social liberal. Right. And he, the conservatives, if they ever got to know him, they'd hate him as much as the left does. I think. Yeah, they probably would. So, so I, I think he's, he's a nuanced human being and he, and he doesn't fit into this world where you're either a solid Democrat or a solid Republican. He just doesn't fit. So, so as you say, everyone kind of hates him except for the people that are like him, which really comes down to Silicon Valley tech people. Well, it wouldn't be a week without uh, lots of AI news. Uh, JP Morgan, apparently, according to CNBC, one of the other pieces you linked to, is developing a chat GPT-like AI service that gives investment advice. Uh, is JP Morgan uh, emulating uh, SignalRank, Keith? I hope you're suing them. Yeah, you know, I've had actually had quite extensive conversations with JP Morgan about SignalRank, so um, they certainly know about us, but... Uh, no, this is a little bit different. This is focused on public markets. And it's a bit of a thin story because it derives from the fact that they trademarked um, uh, something called Index GPT, which implies uh, an index of public mm. market stocks picked by an AI. And uh, 
I, I think there's, you know, every reason to believe it's real. Uh, I don't know how far along they are in when developing it. When it. it I mean, my guess on this sort of stuff is it will be free and bad. And anyone who really wants good advice will still continue to pay JP Morgan. And it will actually underline the value of their business. Yeah. And to, I mean, to be specific, chat GPT is not good at um, analytical frameworks derived where math is involved. It's just super bad at math. So the idea that ChatGPT would be a good investment advisor is bizarre on the face of it. ChatGPT is a very, very good um, uh, natural language processing mixed with lots of source data to give you answers to, to, to um problems you're trying to solve but it's not going to be a stock picker so there's a there's a mismatch between the idea of an index and chat gpt so they're, they're the wrong technologies they don't belong together quantitative investing there's a company called renaissance that uh, uh, pioneered quantitative investing in public markets and by the way did super well that's real math and and, and predictive math at that which isn't always right but has, has proven to be very good and then there's index investing, which is equally good because it, it protects you from outlying individual mistakes uh, or, or successes for that matter. So um, I, th I think JP Morgan is getting a bit ahead of itself here, mismatching two different things, indexes and chat GPT, and they don't really belong together. Well, the real math suggests that the AI hype is for real. Crunchbase suggests that 20 billion in investments since when? And, and where's most of that money going, Keith? Well, so weirdly enough, this is one case where I think the Crunchbase headline is wrong. Mm. Did um, you tell Janae that? Uh, I did, actually. Uh, the, the, Say the it truth, again. Janae is wrong. So the truth is most of those that money went to OpenAI in a single investment. Uh. Uh, if you look at the number of AI investments across all the different stages of, of venture in 2023, it's actually quite a lot down from previous years. So AI is suffering from the macro effect just as much as other segments, probably a little bit less than other segments. It's not down as much, but it's, it's still down. So there's a lot of talk about AI investing, but actually there's a lot less of it happening than the talk suggests. Your audio, Keith, has gone a bit... Is it better if I, oh, I now understand why my camera just went off. Let me, let me fix my camera and then we'll be in good shape. I'm not even going to edit this. Uh, you don't need to edit it because uh, you can still hear my voice, right? Yeah. No uh, one needs to see your face. Uh, but my camera did not come back on when I changed it. Interesting. Let me just turn my other camera back on. It'll probably work. Um, well, as you're doing that, let's continue to talk at least. Um, so we were talking about AI. The, 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 you think the hype isn't for real, that most of the money that $20 billion went into open AI. Does that mean that we're still on the verge of an AI boom, investment boom? Um, I don't know if we're on the verge. And my camera is – oh, uh, here, there we go. Now, now it's back. Um, I don't know if we're on the verge of a, an investment boom, Andrew, because uh, I think the macro conditions suggest that that is not going to happen anytime soon. There was another article in Crunchbase, which I chose not to put in because it was a little bit superficial. 
but it said that when bubbles burst, it takes a decade to recover. I, I think we're definitely in a period of recovery in venture capital that's going to take more than a year. And even AI, most of the money is going to go to the big, the big guys. Uh, and right. I mean, that's. It seems like the, I know Google stock is doing pretty well. Microsoft, Apple. The bigger the player, the stronger they are, the more money going into AI. It's already a winner-take-all economy, even before we have startups. That, exactly. But, but, it's, but I think the winner is OpenAI itself, uh, to be honest, and then a couple of other larger companies. Um, uh, Mid-Journey is doing super well, and uh, a couple of other image platforms. And, and, and you do see um, the inclusion of video and images into OpenAI is now a thing. Um, uh, the inclusion of plugins that let you do coding is now a thing. I think OpenAI itself is going to have an outsized impact on the whole world. Right. So, uh, speaking of plugins and video, what's new on Substack? You have a link here, video embeds. At what point will the Substacks, and actually for that matter, the WordPresses of the world who are also following Substack with paid newsletters at what point will they integrate ai into these publishing platforms soon i'd say it, it, why because um writing images and video are the the most obvious content areas to to bring it into um and that's what substack does so i'd say sooner rather than later and it isn't hard to do the programming involved is is somewhat trivial yeah i would have thought they had already done it I think they just got priorities. I mean, they're they're super good at releasing new features regularly. Uh, I'm I'm very impressed with Substack. At so that to, to 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 come back to this particular new feature, the video embeds. What does that mean for Substack? Well, so for example, today this video we're doing now, after we've finished, I'll download a file, and I can just drag and drop it into my newsletter. Um, and and in the past. I had to do a special post called a video post for that to work. Now I can just put it anywhere in my post. Oh, and then my camera goes again. Weird. Uh, never mind. We can fix it. I now know what, how to fix it. Yeah. I mean, I sometimes put video into Substack and it is a bit of a process. So what, what you're saying now is it's, uh, it's simplified. It's like putting a link in. It's like putting a link and it just renders. And the other thing they announced is, uh, you'll see it in this week's newsletter, Data Data Wrapper is a service that takes data and produces graphs and charts. They've now supported embedding uh, those graphs and charts and they're interactive. So I've put one in my editorial about SignalRank uh, related to the whole AI investing thing. So um, so so those... Um, those and what people- about what, I mean... I haven't heard about uh, WordPress for a while. Can they really compete? Is it, I didn't even know they still existed. WordPress. Well, not only do they exist, they're they're huge. About uh, you know more than forty percent of the whole internet is hosted by WordPress, um, and so they're massive. And they've decided to they they already have a separate product for podcasts. They've now launched a separate product for newsletters. Uh, and it, it it's going to try to copy a lot of what Substack has done. Uh, WordPress always had things like video embedding. Um, so, you, you know, if you use WordPress, you're going to get everything that WordPress already does. But now they've added uh, mailing lists and payment 
uh, integrated with Stripe. But Keith, are we, you and I are in the similar business. Are we over-obsessed with this? Does it really matter? Um, in the broader scheme of things with Apple about to come out with a, some sort of virtual reality product, with uh, Elon Musk buying up the world, with AI and open AI, who cares? I, th I think I, I think mean you and I care there's no doubt about that but for yeah. most people it's not that relevant is it I think if you think about the digital world as being essentially an operating system for human beings the idea that creators and consumers using any media can come together in an instant and engage with each other and audiences and support networks can be built uh, and that you can include both live and pre-recorded video, live and pre-recorded audio, images, uh, real-time audiences. It's quite revolutionary to the human race. Well, speaking of revolutionary to the human race, the tweet of the week. Um, actually, no, let's do startup of the week, which is much more revolutionary to the human race. You, you give two awards, Keith. You're being particularly generous this week. Apple's weird headset and the MetaQuest 3. Who, who really deserves this product of the week or startup of the week award? Well, they're, they're both startups and 90% of startups fail. So they're in there because I predict failure for both of them. In the case of Apple, that's... A, Are you shorting them, Keith? I, am, I would be if I was a shorter, but I'm not. Um, uh, but I would be, I think both will fail, not the companies, just these products. The, the well, if, 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 I mean, I'm not sure about Apple, but if MetaQuest 3, if all that stuff fails, then Facebook as a company is profoundly weakened, isn't it? No, I'd say it's the status quo and the status quo is pretty good. They're, they have two point something billion monthly users and they make yeah, money. There was an interesting information piece. I should have sent it to you. I've been so busy this week. Interesting information piece about how all the, the, the social media platforms now, uh, Snap, and, are all integrating AI, I assume, uh, into their product itself. I assume Facebook's doing the same thing. Yeah, uh, the, less so. The, 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 you know, Facebook has a lot of AI, but I think they, like Google, they were a little bit blindsided by how good chat GPT was. And so the bar is now actually very high to ship a product that works. The, the, the Google one, Bard, I've been using it, and it, it's not even close to as good as chat GPT. Yeah, well, you're just anti-Google. No, I'm not, actually. I like Google. I like Larry. Well, I heard that a lot of people say the reverse, that they like Bard. Have you tried it? No. Go and try it. It's terrible. It, it, it's not very good. Is it where, where you're, you know, as you know, my wife works for Google, so I have to be careful about publicly humiliating Google. Exactly. Well, it's not humiliating because it's a hard problem. Uh, it may well end up being really good, but at least for today. It, well, it, well, so why is Bard worse than OpenAI? It just isn't as good as talking back and forth and iterating and producing results. It, it, it's way less um, capable of accuracy, mm. uh, even though ChatGPT itself is challenged there as well, but less mm. so. Well, it's um, interesting that your, your two startups of the week, you're both suggesting will fail, a MetaQuest 3 and the Apple headset. We'll come back to the Apple headset next week. Finally, uh, tweet of the week.
which of course is from Twitter Daily News. So Twitter is making news about itself. What's the tweet, Keith? So the tweet pertains to Musk's vision for Twitter, which is it's kind of a narrative violation to a Kara Swisher because it's an optimistic narrative. Uh, and it includes the possibility of a name change to indicate that, and, and if you read the exact text, it's, it's quite insightful, by the way, because you, you can't see it in your screenshot, but down below, Musk says true. And it, the, the exact text says, a much wider variety of long text video messaging. Well, that could be Substack, that could be WordPress, it could be anything. That's the internet. Well, well, it, it's basically trying to turn it into a content consumption platform, whereas Substack really is a content production platform. Do bet, but they also want to be on the other end. Do you think that Musk can, can get away with this? I mean, can you really rebrand Twitter as something else? Because all Twitter is is Twitter. I don't see how he can do that. Well, look, if if you if you put yourself in his brain and you say, "Look, I I I got this for nothing." Because I've made well, it. Well, yeah, but that's your weird logic. No, but that's how entrepreneurs think. I think like that. Um, honestly, that's how entrepreneurs think. And I know it's weird if you're not one, but uh, when, when I started Signal Rank and I got my shares of the founder's shares uh, and I paid like almost nothing for them, you start by paying nothing. And in, the, in Musk's case, $44 billion is less than the amount he's made on his Tesla shares since he bought Twitter. So in his head, it's a yeah, but The other logic on that is that the reason that Tesla went down after he bought Twitter. So you can argue it in all sorts of weird ways. I mean, the fact that it, it, I mean, quantifying this thing is, is, is a religious thing. Yeah. It, it, you, you can bend it anywhere you want. Depending well, you, on your yeah, agenda so, and your interest. So but anyway, to, to come back, I, I you, you that wasn't the question I asked. I'm really not that interested in, in Musk's brain. What I'm interested in is whether or not he can really transform Twitter into this X platform, which is, which is, as you say, a much more ambitious product. Yeah. I, you know, I think you start by assuming failure, but he's Elon Musk. He's got 300 million users already. Which, uh, and uh, he's... His product is iterating. Have you, if, if you do a tweet now uh, on the web, you can it can go way beyond the character numbers, and you can embed video. Well, you're, and, you're, you're you're seemingly still a little shy on this. I mean, you you haven't been shy on Apple and and, and Facebook's Meta thing. You you're suggesting that well, because like I think twi twi Twitter is way more of a real product than the metaverse. So I I, I think success is far more likely for Twitter. And why didn't, and I'm sure, I know these have all, questions have all been asked before. Why don't you just start X just from scratch? Because you, you, you want the 300 million users. You know, and will they, I mean, if, if he indeed does this, won't most of those 300 million users just leave, lose interest? Because for them, it's Twitter they're on, not X. Yeah, but most people uh, like Twitter. The, the only people who don't like Twitter is what, uh, Musk would characterize as the woke left because <laughs> they don't like the fact that it's not their sole environment only for them. So you mean the the Kara Swishers and the Jeff Jobs? Yeah, they they want it to be only for them, and they want only their kind of people to be uh, promoted on it. And Musk says no to that. So 
you know, that's a very small group of people. Most people love Twitter. Well, finally, on this X thing, what let's say he does it in five years, what will he be able to do on it? Financial services. What does that mean? Well, he's he's introduced the dollar symbol, a little bit like the hashtag. If you go into Twitter and you type dollar a APL, you'll see all the discussion around Apple shares. Why wouldn't you be able to buy and sell Apple shares there? He's going to extend it way beyond content to transactions. Maybe, uh, maybe he should buy PayPal. Their stock's pretty low. Are we going to see <laughs> some significant consolidation, Keith, some serious betting here? It's all very well for Elon Musk to be always our focus of our conversation. But when will the bigger players start picking up companies like PayPal? Not for a while, I'd say. Um, I mean, they're a bargain. Their stock is at about 60. Well, if you look at Salesforce this week. Salesforce, well, Salesforce as well. So they announced their results, which were good, by the way, and the stock went down, I think it was 5%. Um, most of these companies are dealing with the market realities right now, and they haven't got really, they haven't got the sign-off from the markets to go and start buying stuff. So Keith, can, can SignalRank acquire a Salesforce or PayPal? <laughs> no, is the short answer to that. We're a tiny startup, maybe 10 years from now. Well, in a week from now, we'll be back. Keith, have a great week. And maybe next week you'll announce the acquisition of Salesforce or PayPal or something else. Thanks, Andrew.